1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hello! The little
2: Bunkers. devil himself! <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me, because I am from the
1: underworld. You're from the underwear world. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, you're a soulless husk of a man. Yeah. Does today's topic... <laughs> yes. Yas? It's true. Yeah, you got me Does there. Does today's topic speak to you at all?
0: Um,
2: uh, I wish it did speak to me. I wish I had a soul that I could sell because wow. I would love to get filthy rich selling my
1: <laughs> selling the ethereal parts of my being. Wow. Well, that's you're in luck, Andy. Because actually, and bunk bunkers who are similar to Andy and want to look to sell their immortal soul, you know, their only soul uh for earthly riches power influence what have you love we're gonna teach you how we're gonna teach you how this week (laughs) Uh, this is this is less of a you know typically we're looking into
2: yep paranormal conspiracies Mm -hmm. the bizarre and we're sort of asking is it plausible well today is really more of a self-help seminar it's a it's a how-to. This is DIY selling your soul. This is how to sell your soul. Can you sell your soul? And we have a bunk funk'er to thank for this. That's right. This old soul. This uh, old soul. Rocky, long time. Rocky. O lo- G bunk funk'er, long time listener, long time. That's right. Not first time. Uh, episode suggester, Multi-time episode suggester. Rocky. Yep. That's right. And that's Rocky with a W. That's Rocky with a W. I'm not going to tell you where that's in the word, but you it's figure Rocky it
1: out. A W um rocky thank you for sending in this topic this is a great one a lot of fun here um interesting topic and uh a lot to learn yeah we got Straight a lot way. we got a lot to learn um you know i thought i learned everything
2: about the soul when i listened to don McLean's american pie mm-hmm. because it even asked the question can music save your immortal soul and I knew that since I didn't have a soul, it couldn't.
1: I prefer uh, the Weird Al version. This here. Bye, Anakin bye
2: guy. This here Anakin guy.
1: Um, but anyway, whichever version you prefer, Bunk Funkers, you of course can use the timestamp. Maybe stamp.
2: later, someday, Vader. Now he's just a small fry.
1: Something, something.
2: <laughs> I'll know. interrupt later when I think of the rest of the lyrics. Yeah, uh,
1: bugfuckers. Of course, you could always use the timestamp to skip ahead to when the research begins. But first, Andy and I got to tell you how we got captured in the book. This week, also, we got a bunker alarm later in the episode. Yeah, we're out. gonna get you a bugger alarm here on sixty nine nine number one rock rock radio. Uh, bugfuckers, maybe some of you are familiar with the little platform called TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Uh and we're not
2: talking about the sound that a clock makes. we're no. talking about the Chinese app used to steal your personal information
1: and <laughs> and and also an ancillary thing that it does is allow you to post videos that others can go online under right primarily
2: it's a it's, right. it's an app supported by the Chinese government to steal right. the personal information and data of American citizens yes. but uh it's also it allows you to post videos right they can be shared in a com- your community yeah um and art and i became which TikTok. i think is a bug that they're going to
1: work out eventually right i think eventually
2: just- it's just going to be called chinese data collection app and <laughs> it's just straightforward all you have to do is put your stuff in and you right, can uninstall right. it and they've got it yep. and you don't have to keep doing anything yep um So Art and I kind of became TikTok stars over the weekend. You might have seen this. You might have seen some of our TikToks. We've given our personal information to the Chinese government Mm -hmm. a long time ago. um, And we finally decided to start posting some videos. We, I don't want to say that um, we're the geniuses of our time, but we came up with a new dance craze.
1: Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. cool.
2: It's called the Chicago Elbow. Yeah. And um, it's basically like where, all right, here's how it goes. And this is a classic for this show where we're going to describe something that should be done visually with, with words instead, audio only. So you take, you take your hands, you put them into fists Mm -hmm. and you put the fists around your, at their waist area on the side of your body. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of move your, your elbows forward and back Mm -hmm. around your body. And so it's like, you know, people have said like, Oh, it looks like a bird. Um, You know, you can move them up and down, whatever. Um, and it's called the Chicago Elbow. That's the dance craze. Um, you know, essentially, it's like you know, you are dancing like it's kind of like a chicken flapping its wings. Well, well, allegedly, it's like a chicken. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, just as like a generic example, could like, be any kind of bird. Could be any bird, any flightless bird. But it's it's called the Chicago Elbow. The Chicago Elbow. It, and it came along with a song, right? Yeah, we also developed. Right. It's yeah. There's there's a Chicago Elbow. It, you know, it uh, it's 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 I won't lie to you. Like Art and I are not composers. So the melody is a bit we're derived from a famous song, but not ripped off from. No. um, But it goes.
1: It's inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. We were inspired by Andy. We Andy. were inspired by. We were inspired by. Another, another song. inspiration from.
2: So let me sing you a little bit of the Chicago Elbow. Yeah, let's hear it. I don't want to move my ankle. I don't want to move my toe. So I do the Chicago Elbow bop, 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 bop. And you move your elbows on the bop, 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 bop. And then it just goes like that forever and ever and ever. We've well, been marketing this to, to, you know. I don't want to move my ankle. Yeah.
1: I don't want to move my toe. So I do the Chicago elbow. Bop, 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 Marketing this at weddings. We're getting this on wedding DJ plays. Bar mitzvahs, yeah. bat mitzvahs, mm-hmm. quinceañeras. Yep. Um, we are really targeting kids
2: um, right. with the marketing for this. The TikToking. Um, yeah. We're definitely like, we are hip youngsters. and Well, we, we are. We know that people will love the Chicago elbow. Yeah. Um, it's just it's very simple dance to learn and it's really taken tiktok by storm and we
1: were inspired by previous dance
2: crazes it was not ripped off from anything no not ripped off from anything as you can tell it's very original Um, i don't want to move my ankle i don't want to move my toe so i do the chicago elbow elbow, 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 elbow,
1: elbow, elbow. elbow. that's never been that's never been done before no and that melody i mean that's an original melody it's it's uh it's really catchy and good and we came up with it all by ourselves right so (laughs) <laughs> you know, things really, really took off for us, and 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 I think for me, the climax, um, you know, the the real climax of it was when we got an email from Bunk Row Records CEO Cheeseburger Knight. Right. A lot of you may may be familiar with Bunk Row Records, and its CEO
2: Cheeseburger Knight, who is a and real and titan. And I think
1: the music industry is so awesome. It's totally making a comeback. It's not a dying industry at all. Like, it's so, it's such a good idea to get involved with the music industry.
2: Right. You especially want to be, like, tethered to a
1: label. Yep. That somebody else runs. They're there to protect you. They're there Mm -hmm. to manage your finances, to make sure, you know, your music. They take the risks so you can just be an artist. Exactly.
2: Um, Exactly. So, I mean, we get this email from Cheeseburger Knight, CEO of Bunkrow Records, and it is really flattering. Um, it's all effusive praise for the Chicago elbow so about much effusive how praise. original it is and how yeah. not ripped off from any right. existing intellectual property it is right and how little you look like a chicken when you do the dance and how much you could look like any possible bird and it really accentuates the elbows and it doesn't really seem like wings at all it and just the elbow like is an
1: often overlooked uh, attractive feature that you can you can utilize you know a lot of people they're always dancing with their butts they're dancing with their hips They're shaking ta Thrusting their pelvises. Thrusting pelvises. Um, And we're saying, what about the fair elbow?
2: The elbow's sensual. If you've never sucked another person's elbow, I feel bad for you. You even tugged a weenus in your life. Get out there. Get out there and start jerking weenuses. You could be a teenage dirtbag and jerk as many weenuses as you want. So, uh, Cheeseburger Night graciously invited us to... Do basically like a huge party for the signing so we could perform the Chicago Elbow live for uh, this underground like music club in the city uh, here in Chicago. Yeah. And I mean, we said, sure, of course we'll do this. This is our lifelong dream to be talk about it every day, every week on our podcast. I mean, literally, we've never gone an episode without mentioning how much we want to be in the music industry, and right. we want to be like famous songwriters and musicians. Yeah. So it's like everybody's been waiting for us to hit our big break, and it's like finally the Chicago elbow. I don't want to move my ankle. I don't want to move my toes. So I do the Chicago elbow. Bop 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 bop. bop. It's finally gonna get That's us there. That's the wagon I want to strap my horse to. Right. I'm strapped on right now to this wagon, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go old west style. Yeah. Down the Oregon Trail. You right. know what I mean. So. We go to this club, and we get up. You know, we're backstage. We're getting ready. We're meeting with all the musicians, and we're like, "Do you know how to play an accordion?" Because it's kind someone of someone get me weird out. Because nah. it's kind of a big deal in yeah. this song. Like we need an accordion, right? And you know, people are like, "It's more of a modern, or uh, you know, these these fucking dorks, such so dorky. These dorky fucking ass musicians, right? These uh, like uh, dance uh,
1: musicians."
2: Uh well it's all uh, electronic music.
1: Oh well you gotta have a you have to have a com- degree in computers. You have to be a computer whiz kid to make music now. You don't you don't you gotta have heart. You gotta have a little fucking heart. Yeah. yeah. You know what I got? <laughs> I don't have a laptop.
2: Right. I don't have a desktop. I have an abacus. I have an abacus. And you know what I got? I got fucking music in my soul. Yeah. I got music in my shoes. When I sit down on the toilet, yeah. I shit music. That's how much music is in me. Yeah. I don't need a computer to create it. Right. It comes out of my body. Right. Every waking minute of every day. These I am dorks. music. I'm one with the music.
1: These, these fucking dorks. These, dorks. these dork-ass
2: musicians. Yeah. So, whatever. They're fucking around.
1: Yeah. Fucking around with their fucking computers and their style and the microphones and all this bullshit that you don't need.
2: Yeah. So we're like, so we're like, you know what I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting starting to get pissed off and I'm like, you know what, get me an accordion or I fucking walk. Right. Cheeseburger night, get me cheeseburger night. Right. I want to talk to cheeseburger night in person Mm -hmm. and he'll get me a goddamn accordion. Yeah. He'll make things right. And he's like, well, we don't have an accordion on site here. I'd have to go rent one. I don't really know how to play it. So I get pissed off. You did. You were getting real fucking pissed. I'm getting heated. Yeah. I take my Shirley Temple that I've been drinking, and I smash it on the ground, and I say, you know what? You can suck my balls, you egghead fuck. And then I pulled down my pants, and I took a shit on the Shirley Temple on the floor. So unnecessary. (laughs) Didn't have anything to do with that. I just had to shit. And then I storm out of the back of the club, and you start chasing after me.
1: And you're like, yeah. "Wait, no!" I
2: said, "Andy, keep Calm your eyes down. on the
1: prize."
2: And all of a sudden, we get toward the back door of the club. Yeah, and it becomes apparent that all the people that are gathered are just like deathly silent. Mm-hmm. There's nothing happening. They're not moving. They're they not a talking. Fucking pin
1: drop. Which pin is dro- music.
2: Yeah, that's music. Egghead. Not a fucking computer going bleep, blap, blorp fucking computers so the next thing you know the whole the club just starts collapsing in on itself yeah the club couldn't even handle us it starts collapsing in on itself and we get pushed into this crust of people we're like funneled into the center it's like the club becomes like a plinko board And Art and I are the chips, and we're ping-ponging off of these stationary people who, even though the floor has risen up at a 90-degree angle, the people aren't moving at all. They're stuck to the floor. Right. They have no expression on their faces. They're just totally stiff, like they don't exist. Then we fall into the center of the club, and it closes on us. Everything's really dark for a while.
1: We woke up here in the bunker. club was Mr. Bunker. That club was Mr. Bunker. So now Bunker I have to wonder,
2: club. were all of our likes and follows
1: and all the engagement on TikTok, was that just Mr. Bunker too? Cheeseburger Night? Was yep. that Mr. Bunker? Was that Mr. Bunker too? I mean, Bunkbunkers, let us know. Did you see that Cheeseburger Night's a well-known music industry person. Yeah. He got shot. Has he... <laughs> Has has Mr. Bunker been masquerading as cheeseburger night waiting for the week to do this exact abduction? I don't know.
2: I don't know what to believe anymore. The only thing I really know for sure at this point, Art, is that I don't want to move my ankle. I don't want to move my toe.
1: I want to do the Chicago elbow. And I got to tell you, I I don't know if the music industry is for me. I saw a lot of things that really, really concerned me. Namely you shitting on top of your Shirley Temple on the floor. That really I don't think that the music industry is for me. I think it's it's just it's a den of sin. Yeah. And the things I I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for the music industry. (laughs) So unlike you. Right. You always shit in a toilet. Yeah. Always. Always. Never on the floor. I'm never impulsive. I'm never a hothead. And to really see behind the curtains, like it's like seeing Oz in his castle behind his little magical curtain like in Wizard of the Oz when he has that magical curtain right Do you think he showered behind there he did and uh, he also had a toilet and um, in a sink and they were both the same it was actually all three in one and to see everybody making music with computers I just don't I think I think I think, you know, for for me it's it's all about the music man. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So I don't need this whole like industry and world and life and shit and bullshit, you know.
2: I don't think we can really monetize what we do in music because no. it's too real for it's people. It's too fucking real. Um, it's too good. Like most music <laughs> industry people are not on our level. Um we're we're prodigies and these Well, they're people not dropping are,
1: bangers like we are. Right.
2: These people are failures. I mean yeah. that's the reality of it is that they would be like us if they were successes,
1: but they're failures. And a lot of them have sold their soul. And and speaking of selling your soul, before we actually get to talk about selling your soul, we have to talk about someone else who sold their soul yeah. and signed up for our Patreon. Right. Um We have a new patron to thank We have a new patron to thank uh, we want
2: to raise, Uh, well, we're going to ring the Bunker Alarm, Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 today for this oh, new patron. Yeah. But verbally right now, we're just going to say thank you to our newest patron, BK. BK! BK, of course, stands for Burger King. That's, That's right. right. The Burger King King Burger is an King official King. patron of this show. So in honor of this occasion, every single Bunk Funker will receive a free Whopper in the mail. Um, yep. That will be in just a standard uh, letter size envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, we will not send you each one discrete Whopper. You will get a slice of Whopper right. from the one Whopper that we buy to send all the bunk bunkers. So yep. if you don't receive your Whopper within eight to ten weeks, uh, please email us at Bunkerpod at gmail.com. And we will start the process where we will locate the slice of Whopper we sent you and have it routed to your correct address. That's right. And don't worry, our email box is not run by the Chinese government. (laughs) It is not being set up to collect your personal information.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Any rumors suggest the ability to send emails is just an ancillary bug. That is part of the application.
2: (laughs) Right. Eventually that'll be resolved. So don't don't listen to any of those rumors. Stop worrying about those Mr. Punker Pod email box is run by the Chinese government. But um, we got to fire up the bunker alarm for BK. We got to fire it up for BK. BK, um this bunker alarm, we're going to turn the machine on. It's going to play a bunker alarm just for you yeah. to match your personality and your love for the bunker to capture you perfectly. So, let's go ahead and turn this baby on. <laughs>
1: Woo! That's clean. That fuel is clean. Man, that's some good pyrotechnic action here. Yeah.
2: Um. I don't know. I'm. Uh. I'm thinking. Let's see. Let's go. Uh, this way. I'm gonna do the old. Um. This has just got one of these giant knobs. <laughs> yeah, on big it. old knob. It's like. Uh. Like a one of those big bank safes Yeah, big big safe thing. Uh. Let's see. Get the right tick, combination. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. <laughs> um okay um uh, okay here we go wow uh this is gonna be a good one that is i can see it this is gonna match bk's personality bk thank you you so much for becoming a patron i hope you're really enjoying the thousands of hours of behind the scenes exclusive patreon only content available only at patreon.com forward slash mr bunker pod right um And we hope you're uh, having a great time being a patron. This this bunker alarm is for you. We're going to play it here in three, two, one.
0: Wow. Yes. Yes. Hey! Wow!
2: much fanfare! For for well, this BK. is the Burger King
1: King. That's right. Thank you again, BK. Thank you, BK.
2: I hope you're not actually the BK killer, Dennis Raider. Yikes! <laughs> BTK, but yeah. Oh, BTK. Yeah. Right.
1: There's the T's B- not there.
2: We're fine. <laughs> the B. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's right. It was bind, torture, kill. Yeah. Not Burger King.
1: <laughs> it's easy mistake to not make. B- such an E, I'd say, Andy, it's a classic. Don't worry, Burger, silly little hat Burger
2: the king. <laughs> uh, BK, thanks again for your patronage. I'm just going to go ahead and shut off the Bunk Tech Bunker yeah, Alarm please, 3000.
1: Dude. Um oh, fuck. What? Bro- Where's the off switch? Well, Andy, you're in charge of the bunk tuck bunker Alarm. So oh well, I'll just shut
2: look. it off the old-fashioned way with my <laughs> tactical <laughs> shotgun. Oh no.
1: Whoa, oh, oh, oh God, way. that was loud. Thug sparks going everywhere. Woo! My God. Well, that's off. Well, BK, thank you again for selling your soul to the bunker Patreon. And bunkfuckers, thank you again. We for promise we won't misuse me. it. <laughs> bunkfuckers, um, you know, we we so many of you have sold your souls listening to this this show uh, right many times over. And um, you know, today's no different, but I think there's a little extra shosh on it just because uh we're gonna we're gonna, you shush? know. We're gonna get a little extra shosh on it. Just cause we're gonna we're really gonna go over the whole process, the history of sell soul selling, the concept of a soul, what is the soul and how to sell one's soul. When you walk away from today's seminar, we want yeah.
2: you to feel confident that you're entering the soul market. Yeah. With all the information at mean, your disposal to make to a responsible decision on selling your soul or obtaining a soul from another person.
1: That's right. Uh, that's exactly right, Andy. So let's get into it here. Let's not waste any more time. You bunk are hungry to learn how to sell your souls. And if you can, uh, here on Mr. Buckers Conspiracy Time podcast.
2: Now, at the end of the seminar, we are going to ask you to fill out uh, just a simple form with some feedback about what you heard today. And don't worry, that form will not be sent to the Chinese government. <laughs> We'll
0: save your soul.
1: will? God, Jesus, someone invite Jewel to the bunker? Fuck, is that Jewel? Who uh, will save your soul?
2: God, Andy, I think it really sounds
1: like Jewel. Holy Fuck. Jewel is in the bunker. This Jewel way. is Holy here. Fuck. Holy shit. Who will save your soul? Anyway, Bugfuckers, bunk that's not Jewel. That's me. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. I just assumed that that was Jewel and. This is some sort of deep fake. No, no, no. In real life. That was me singing, covering a Jewel song. Jewel brings up a good point, Andy. Who will save your soul? Um, Who?
2: Well, I think the point of that song is that you got to save your
0: own. Who will save your soul?
1: Jewel? (laughs) I know. It's uncanny. But bugfuckers, have you ever wanted to gain power, status, and wealth? Have you ever wanted to sway the heart or mind of a potential lover or vanquish your enemies? Well, you're in luck. You possess within you a soul, a single, measly soul. So worthless. You aren't even using it. How do I know? You're listening to this podcast. Oh, fucking got you. Well, turns out you can sell it. You can sell it, dummy, for all those fancy schmancy things I listed earlier. Sure. It might lead to internal damnation but that's a problem for future you did you say internal or eternal eternal oh fuck but also internal oh shit but hey we hear you uh but what about interest rates on souls i mean sell your soul in this economy shut up <laughs> fucking shut up to so that we say if you're listening to this so this show that's too much thinking for you so don't worry about it. Relax. If you listen to this show, that's it. you're they're thinking too much. The word interest rate, you shouldn't even know what that means. <laughs> you're definitely not familiar with our state's stringent usury laws. No, 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 no. Let us serve you the whole enchilada. It's selling your soul. Let's start with defining what a soul is, don't you think, Andy? Yeah, great idea. As we lead this little seminar for the bunk fuckers. Right. What is a soul? We got to define what is a soul? I mean, we want to put this commodity up on the market. We should know what we're selling. So what is a soul? A lot of this topic originates from the Bible. Let's start there. The word soul in the Bible is a translation of the Hebrew word nefesh. I think. N-E apostrophe P-H E-S-H and the Greek word Psyche, uh, the Hebrew word literally means "quote a creature that breathes," and the Greek word means "a living being." Okay, well, that's not very fucking helpful. Okay, <laughs> ancient languages—the soul is just what? It's just us. Come on, I gotta. We gotta work with some here, don't you think, Anthony? We, yeah. we, we gotta. gotta a little... We gotta get. We gotta get down to brass tacks on this. This, this hippy dippy bullshit. I'm trying to make some extra scratch around here, selling my dang soul. There's got to be an angle, right? Further dissection into theological text shows us that souls last forever. Hey, that's good. They don't depreciate in value, Andy. That's right. There's still hope. So in Judeo-Christian denominations, only humans can have these immortal souls, although this is contested within Judaism with some believing that this immortality thing stemmed from a little guy called Plato. Other religions, uh, Hinduism, in particular, believe that all living things from the smallest bacteria to the largest of mammals, mammals have souls. Everything's got a soul. Your Dog's got a soul. Your, the bug, your bed bug's got a soul. Your grandma has a soul. You got a soul. Little Plans boy's soul. Little boy's soul. Um, and everything has their own physical representation, your body, in the world. Uh, the actual self, like the innards, or what makes you you, is your soul, and the body is only the mechanism to experience the karma of life. That's good. That's There's lots of souls to sell then, right? Right. Plenty of souls. I can sell you this soul, his soul here, these souls there. Hindu is a buyer's market. It is. Souls galore. Now, according to soul creationism, God creates each individual soul directly, either at the moment of conception or uh, later when he, when he fucking gets around to it. When he's, he's done playing Clash of Clans, he, he'll fucking pick up and create a couple souls. <laughs> um, and um, according to uh, Traducianism, the soul comes from the parents by natural generation. According to the pre-existence theory, the soul exists before the moment of conception. So we've got a lot of different methods and places to work with here, Andy. We can kind of navigate this market how we see fit. And figure out how to sell human souls. I think that's, that's what we're interested. That's in. That's great
2: because there's that means there's there's souls souls of plenty souls without bodies waiting to be had. Yeah, we can get into that pre soul. Right, we got to get in
1: pre. Yeah, certified pre soul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a certified pre soul soul. But what about secular text? Anything can we gain anything there to figure out how to navigate this little market? The earliest. Uh, you know, reported uh, depictions of a soul come from the Oxford English Dictionary or from the eighth century in King Alfred's translation of the console Latione Philosophiae. It is used to refer to the immaterial, spiritual or thinking aspect of a person as contrasted with the person's physical body. Um, and then in later texts, some later texts, uh, it means life or the, anime, animate existence. So like animated existence, life, what makes us, us. You know what? I'm going to be honest, Andy, this whole philosophical discussion is getting annoying. It's my money and I want it now. Do you think? Yeah, this is really busting my balls here. It is fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. I can't really figure out what a soul is. You know, it's kind of the thing that makes us, us. Yeah. Our life. It's not our bodies. Right. It's our consciousness or it's our what makes us. It's our animation. You know? But we
2: there's if there's a will, there's a way. It's the special sauce in the Big Macs of our bodies. It is the
1: it is the special sauce. It's the Thousand Island Ranch dressing or whatever the fuck that Big Mac sauce is. I don't know. I've never had a Big Mac. So who gives a fuck what it is? Fuck it. Who cares? Let's figure out how to sell it. There's going to be a buyer. We'll find a buyer. What does the Bible tell us about selling souls? What does the Bible tell us? Well, fellow soul stockbrokers, it uh, doesn't look good. The idea of selling your soul to the devil in exchange for badass powers and riches and good-ass times with your bros, but then being enslaved to him in hell for all eternity, it doesn't exist in Jewish doctrine, and such as the Torah. They do describe instances where you can become possessed by evil drives. However, these are always reversible, which is not what we're looking for. This is a contract that... It's final. And in uh, the Christian terms, you also cannot sell your soul in a transactional sense. You can separate your soul from yourself. um, Or sorry, you can't separate your soul from yourself. Christians instead see selling your soul... As losing a bit of your soul piece by piece until you are so far removed from your faith that you no longer hear God, which isn't really selling your soul so much as it is losing your faith and turning towards the dark side of the force. Although
2: if you could subdivide your soul and sell it off piecemeal... Mm, Timeshares. ...part by piece, yeah. Now we're talking on real revenue generation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Mm. but this is really more about faith.
2: Oh. And... Losing. I only have one. I only have faith in one thing. Right. The all id aller
1: is that Pig Latin. <laughs> the oink id oink oink. Real Pig Latin, not this fake Pig Latin. Right. Real I speak the real Pig Latin. Yeah. Oinkus boinkus. <laughs> <laughs> The Bible has no instance of a person selling their soul to Satan, and it never implies that making a bargain with the devil is possible. Satan has a lot of powers, and he comes up a lot in the fucking Bible. He can oppose angels. He'll deceive people by masquerading as an angel. Uh, God ha- gives us the means of providing ourselves, like defending against Satan's attacks. Um, his, Satan's power is limited by God's will there's a lot of stuff Satan has dominion over people who don't live in the world of word of Christ who don't believe in the word of Christ he's got dominion over you so it's kind of fucked up it's like you know he's got all these different powers but we don't really see anything where it's like hey can I give you a soul so where's this concept of soul selling come from you know the devil Yo, does got any of them souls you got any of them souls the devil does make a bunch of appearances in the New Testament as a BBEG to d- Jesus's d and d campaign of miracles and quests and cool shit And during these battles and shit, the devil does take control of people. So this happens such as in Acts 16, 16 verses 16 through 19, where Paul and his fellowship of faith are traveling and they meet a slave girl who is possessed by a spirit, which grants her the powers of divination. So she makes hella cash for her masters doing clairvoyant shit and telling the future and whatnot. Paul and his crew are like, whatever, fucking make your bag. That's cool. Um, but then she starts antagonizing them and following them around, saying stuff like, yo, these fucking dorks are Christians. What's up with that, dude? Like for fucking days until and Paul they done that. Paul gets so annoyed. He shouts, I command the spirit in Jesus name to get out of your bod. And it worked. The spirit left her. But then her masters were like, dude, you fucked up our sick business model. What the fuck? <laughs> so they had Paul and his bro Silas, his homie, imprisoned. So, we have a person here who is possessed and gaining dope powers, but again, the situation was reversible. Not looking for that. It's not a transaction. Then there's the sorcerer, um, Elemus, in Acts 13, verse 8. Paul encounters Elemus, who is a sorcerer with some dope powers and cantrips at his disposal. Elemus attempts to block Paul, cockblock him, from spreading his good word, of God's and his dope holy quest, right? So Paul is on this dope holy quest. You're familiar with Paul. Yeah. Formerly Saul. Right. Then got turned into Paul. Better call Paul. Better call... <laughs> um, Paul casted a fifth level concentration spell called Filled with the Holy Spirit... <laughs> And looked at Alimus right in the face and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Dope, dude. Yeah. Fucking so dope. That's a fucking powerful spell. I know. Then Paul, who at this point was an eighth level paladin, casted a (laughs) wicked smite of blindness. He casted smite of blindness on Alimus. Yeah, dude. And roll the nat 20. Darkness and Mist then enveloped Elimus, and he went blind. Shit. It's fucking dope. I need Paul in my party. I know. I need Paul in my party, too. There's no way to truly sell your soul for dope powers, and if I'm being honest, the powers of the lawful good god is kind of dope, too. Like, I want to cast some fucking smites. Maybe what we should be asking is not how did I sell my soul to the devil for dope powers, but how can I get me some of these paladin smites that Paul was slinging? No kidding. All I got are paladin mites. Yeah, big old bugs. In fact, some of the New Testament, such as 1 John 5, 19, and others indicate that we are all living in sin under the devil's control already. Our souls are already bound to this guy. Going with God is the only way out. The devil is playing both sides of the market, Andy. This is why he's the master. This fucking devil guy is tricking us. He's playing both sides of the market. I mean, what the fuck? He's a good businessman. Fuck this, dude. I'm getting pissed. Fuck this. Call me Nick Simon. Fuck this. Fuck. Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck this. Oh, no. (laughs) That's only for me and you. Yeah. (laughs) No one else gets that. Oh, no. It's one of my favorite texts to see. Well, what about secular texts, Andy? What do they teach us about selling souls? Faust. Ever heard of Faust? Yeah. Faust. Faust! It's a fun name to say. Randy Newman did a version of Faust. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, boy. Don't bring that name up. Don't conjure that devil. Andy. I'm not trying to bring him into existence. I'm just bringing it up. The story of Faust is a well-known Germanic legend based on Johann Georg Faust, loosely. It's like early historical fiction, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, the real Faust was like an alchemist and an astronomer and like our own cool dude. Because, but because the legend of Faust is so popular and had so many retellings throughout history, it's kind of tough to discern what was real and what wasn't real about Faust. But I'll give you a synopsis. Okay. Faust was unsatisfied with his life as a scholar and he becomes depressed. (laughs) Join the club. After an attempt to take his own life, he calls on the devil for further knowledge and magic powers with which to indulge all the pleasures and knowledge Mm. of the world. In response, the devil's representative, Metastopheles, um, appears. It's like the devil's fucking, like, uh, his, like, manager. Like one of his little lackeys, Metastopheles. Right. He makes a bargain with Faust. Metasopheles will serve Faust with his magic powers for a set number of years, but at the end of the term, the devil will claim Faust's soul, and Faust will be internally enslaved in hell. During the term of the bargain, Faust makes use of Metastopheles in various ways. In Goethe's, spelled the stupid German way, which should be pronounced Goeth's, but it's pronounced Goethe. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) Goethe. G-O-E, Goethe, drama, and many subsequent versions of the story, Menistopheles helps Faust seduce a beautiful and innocent girl, usually named Gretchen.
2: Ooh, Gretchen. Oh, Gretchen,
1: you lusty maid. Ooh, yes, Gretchen. Ooh. Um, Gretchen's life is destroyed by Faust because she gives birth to uh, Faust's bastard son. And then when people realize this unholy act, she drowns the child and is held uh, in court for murder. However, Gretchen's innocence saves her in the end, and she enters heaven after execution. Aww. Aww. In Gerda's, uh rendition, Faust is actually saved by God via his constant striving, in combination with, with beautiful Gretchen's pleadings with God. Uh, Gretchen's like, yo, he's actually a good dude. You gotta save him. I'm so fucking... You know, chaste, and I'm innocent, and I'm good, and I'm beautiful. My name is Gretchen. Yeah. Um, Sexy little Gretchen. However, in earlier tales, Faust is just irrevocably corrupted and believes his sins cannot be forgiven. And when the term ends, uh, the devil just uh, fucking uh, carries him to hell. Oh, shit. (laughs) He just goes to hell. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So no happy ending there. Damn. The Faustian legend is pivotal to this topic, and deals with the devil or selling one's soul are often called Faustian bargains. Right. You heard this before? Yeah. But Faust is hardly the only tale involving selling one's soul to the devil. There's the alleged story of Pope Sylvester II who used the powers of devilish sorcery to gain the papal seat and, I'm assuming, catch Tweety Bird. And in one instance, gained it by playing dice with the devil. Oh, shit. Which I love. Oh, wow. That's a fun story. Nice. Dicing with the devil. fucking... Devil and the Pope and out back fucking shooting dice. Like, that's fucking great. Damn, that's awesome. Dope. There's the Icelandic priest and scholar, Seymundr Sigvason. Oh,
2: there's a good one. It's
1: <laughs> a great fucking name. He was credited in Icelandic folklore with having made packs with the devil and managing um, by various tricks to get uh, the better of the deal. For example, in one famous story, uh, Seymundr, Uh, made a pact with the devil and that devil should bring him home to Iceland from Europe on the back of a seal. Seymunder escaped a diabolical end when on arrival, he hit the seal on the head with the Bible, killing it and stepping safely ashore, which was very based and very Viking-pilled. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, I guess the story there is that because the devil didn't hold up his end of the bargain by delivering him ashore with a seal, like, you know, like the seal had to get him there, he killed the seal before he could. I, I guess that's how he tricked the devil. Right. I don't know. Honestly, he got out of the deal because
2: the seal didn't deliver him.
1: Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I'm gonna be honest though. Is is based in Viking as it is, It kind of sounds like same under. Is kind of telling one of those stories where it's like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> you got the better of the devil by doing that. Yeah. Right. Sure.
2: But I mean, pretty cool to kill a vi- kill a seal with a Bible, though. Yeah, seal clubbing is awesome. Right. And if you kill him with a holy book, even better. Yeah. I would love to watch some YouTube videos where people are killing seals with books from various
1: religions. (laughs) But we've all heard this right. Stories of bargains with the devil are often told with that comedic twist of tricking the devil at his own game to come out victorious in the end. There's the Code Gigas. You ever seen the Code Gigas? No. Uh, Which some believe the monk who wrote it made a deal with the devil in order to help him finish the work. It's a big book of like tons of knowledge. And that is why there's a huge full portrait nude. Uh, I mean, just full portrait, regular picture of the devil in it. There's Urbane Grandier, who was a 17th century French priest who was tried and burned at the stake for witchcraft. One of the documents presented at his trial was, a di- was an alleged diabolical pact he supposedly signed, which also bears what are supposed to be the seals of several demons, including that of Satan himself. You can look it up for yourself. And it honestly, to me, looks like a teenager's yearbook with all the goofy signatures and symbols. (laughs) Obviously, we can't, we would be remiss if we didn't mention one of the more famous modern day examples that of Robert Johnson, blues legend, who allegedly sold his soul to the devil in exchange for dope guitar playing abilities. We've all heard that one before. Right. Very famous story. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the badass guitar hero renaissance classic Charlie Daniels band song. The devil went down to Georgia in which the devil competes with a man in a fiddle contest to gain the man's soul. You've heard that song before, right Andy? Yeah. Like that one. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was
2: in a bind. He was way behind. He was willing to make a deal. He came across this young boy sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot. How do you know the lyrics to that? Uh, The devil sat down on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fucking Charlie Daniels himself is here. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Andy, clearly we fucked up. We're looking at the wrong place to sell our souls. Yeah. You can't find it in the primary source like the Bible. It's not, this isn't a, I'm realizing now, this isn't like a public market kind of deal. This is some backdoor under the table, you know. You scratch my back, I tug your sack kind of deal. Right. There's plenty of historical examples to show it. We've been looking in the wrong places. Right. This is more of a sack tugging thing. This is a sack tugging thing. So, you know what? Let's learn how to sell one's soul. We're going to teach you. The nice thing about selling your soul is you don't need anything special. Anyone can do it, even you. Yes, you your bunk bunkers with your stylish fedoras and your cheeto-crusted fingers, even you can sell your soul. Step one, find a buyer. First, you got to figure out what you want in exchange for your soul. Is it power? Money? A big-titty goth GF? Oh, yeah. You got to find the right demon who will specialize in those things, dummy. There's a lot of demons to choose from. You got... Agares, who can help you find better you better yourself through knowledge. You got Andros, who can help you if you're looking for revenge. Andromalius, who can help you retrieve stolen possessions. Asmodius, who's associated with carnal desire and lust. Ooh. Ooh, baby. Uh Astaroth, who will answer your questions. Uh Bilal, who uh will help you with your career or in gaining power and status. Bune, who can um Get you anything he asks, but he he has a higher price. He can get you anything, but he has a higher price. Oh, this is a premium demon. He's a premium demon. He's an enterprise-level demon. Yeah. Hegenti, who can turn any metal into gold and water into wine. Mm, Okay. Two two of our favorite things. Finally, I can get an entire horse made out of gold. I already have one made out of tin. Yeah. Uh, There's Paimon, who can teach you how to make people your slaves. (laughs) Which... You know what? If you're selling your soul, you're already pretty I guess. You know, morality's out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, Renove, who can help you master the art and specific talents. Um, Salos can bring you love. And Z- Zapar can make women fall in love with men. Ooh, so there are literally hundreds My chance of to
2: finally play matchmaker. Right, exactly. And make Gwyneth Paltrow fall
1: in oh, love. Gwyneth. Almost as sexy as Gwyneth. With art. There's hundreds of demons that appear in religion, demonology, mythology, and folklore. So you need to find, carefully research which demon you want to contact. A good place to start is the Encyclopedia of Demons and Demonology by Rosemary Ellen Gulley. Uh This book consists of, a cons- consists of a comprehensive list of hundreds of demons from ancient history to the present. Step two, set the terms of your contract. As with any business contract, it's important to set the parameters So that both parties feel comfortable and happy with the terms. I mean, you're giving away your dang soul. You only have one. You got to make sure you know exactly what you're getting. Right, Andy? Yeah. Likewise, the demon you utilize in this transaction will want a little something on the side as well. The demon may require that in addition to your soul, you also recruit more souls for further benefits. Demons also have, you know, tiers in different ranks of their power subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So maybe you give a soul and you give X number of souls over a month to month basis uh, based on a yearly soul subscription fee that you agreed to up front. And then, you know, uh, in some cases, you know, the demon will want to see your commitment and that can vary. Some may be fine with a simple soul exchange, but others may expect you to drown a child to death or consecrate them to the devil as contract terms. These are pretty standard boilerplate. Boiler you know, you got to drown a couple children, right? I mean, that's that's the famous saying. Yeah, is like if you want to sell a soul, you got to you got to be prepared to drown a couple children. You got to be prepared and be clear with what you want. Not being prepared and doing your due diligence with your chosen demon can kind of piss them off. They don't like having their time wasted. Also, note according to demonology, there is a specific month. Or, day of the week, an hour to call each demon. So, the invocation for a pact has to be done at the right time. Oh. Now, after there's a lot of research to do, this can Just go into this. This isn't a grocery store, right? You know, this is not mutual funds. You can't just drop your money in any old thing. No, you got to do your due diligence, right? After the contract terms are set, be sure to read everything over carefully before signing. Devils and demons alike are known for their trickery using loopholes and logic to twist words to ensure that you get shafted hard in the ass in the deal. Step 3, contact methods. <laughs> so you're ready to contact your chosen demon for soul exchange. Good for you. There's a there's lots of of uh of whats and what ifs to to you know and and methods and you know ways to contact a demon important to understand how your chosen method works it could be as easy as eliminating distractions by sitting alone in a darkened room and asking the demon to come forward regardless it's important to decide between two main factors are you going to do a written pact or a oral seance ah yeah I say always get it in writing get them on the record that's that's a good it's a it's a that's more of an old school method but I think it you know lends itself to right uh, Protecting yourself a little bit better. Yeah. With oral conjurations, in some instances, there can be no trace of the contract. But in some instances, demons have been known to leave evidence in the form of a witch's mark, an indelible mark which uh, where the marked person had been touched by the devil to seal the pact. The mark could be you know, used as proof to determine the pact was made. It's also believed that on the spot where the mark was left, the marked person could feel no pain, like a cute little naughty hickey. (laughs) Wink. Imagine. Written packs typically will be signed with the conjurer's blood. So if you're not a fan of needles or finger pricks, be warned. Some, though, may settle for red ink or animal blood. Really kind of depends on how strict your chosen demon is with their methods. Right. They're an old school demon. Old school demon. They're going to want blood. Right. But the new school demons would be okay with you using a red pen. They're a little bit more casual. They're not going to show up in a suit. Be a little more of a visual, business casual. They might have tattoos, you know. Either they're newer, younger demons, you know, Gen X demons typically. Right. These are definitely like, you got your millennial demons. You got boomer with demons. Like- you know, you get, you get with a boomer demon. Now, a boomer demon has seen a lot of deals in their lifetime. So you kind of know what you're going to get with them. Right. They're going to want to go buy the book. Right. That one's going to be in blood. Yeah. Step four, sealing the deal. Let's seal this fucking deal, Andy. Let's do a deal. For written invocations, follow the steps we described earlier. Clearly think out what you want in exchange for what and what's in scope and not in scope for the contract. Right. Are you cool with drowning a child? Will you sacrifice goats? How many goats? What's your goat threshold? Etc. And so forth. Right. You need to know these things. Don't walk into a contract with a demon not prepared. And don't leave these things unsaid in the contract, yep.
2: boinkers. Write it out. Because you're going to get asked to do this unexpectedly.
1: And you have nothing in there protecting yourself. Make sure there's a liability clause. Make right. sure that there's a publicity clause. Make sure that there's indemnification in it. Right. If things get disputed, are you going to dispute them in hell? Is there a force majeure? Are you waiving these rights? Where are you going to fucking settle things in a court of you the devil's you angel arbitration? Right. You got to figure these things out, bunk funkers. Come on. Then you write everything out. You still have to conjure your demon. But once you do, you present the contract to them, sign it. You store the contract in a safe place in your house. For oral pacts, you can typically, mm. uh, you need to conduct a seance. It's best to hold your seance in low light or candlelight. Demon's love oh my god oh. They, oh they love when you set the mood
2: oh it's so sexy oh. and intimate
1: burn some incense you comfortable chairs and dark halloween style decorations shower that day you won't be expected to wear a suit or even business casual but i would probably not wear pajamas be in comfortable clothing you might get blood on you you might have to drown a child you know you might sacrifice a goat. Like. Let's be real. Wear
2: your everyday clothes for this stuff.
1: Be you. Be authentic. Be Be you. But turn off any distractions like the TV or if you're old, the radio, and put your phone on silent. And if you're someone who doesn't leave their phone on silent in the year 2022, fuck. I hope you're selling your soul for some fucking common sense. Sheesh. (laughs) Ah, Who the fuck doesn't have their phone on silent? <laughs> Seriously.
0: Jeez. Jeez.
1: You can begin with some verses from the Satanic Bible or fun phrases <laughs> like in the name of Satan, open the gates of hell, greet me, come forward, show us you're here. I invite the forces of darkness to bestow their eternal power by me. I invoke Lucifer from the east, I invoke the Beelzebub from the north. Come come forward forces of darkness and greet me. You know there's lots of fun little sayings you can do and Different ways to just shake things up and make it kind of unique, but also like you know, what the demon is expecting. You know, they're not. They're like, ooh, ooh, they, ooh, they did all these cardinal directions and invoked all these different famous demons. Ooh, I feel special.
2: You don't want to come into this and look foolish in front of the demon. No, look like you know what you're doing. Even when it's only your first time, you want to look like you're a pro. Because
1: if you look like you're an amateur. They're going to take
2: advantage of you every time. Oh,
1: They're going to bend you over the coals. And you're already going to have that And not all because eternity. you asked for it. Right. Once the demon has made its presence known, get down to business. Tell the demon exactly why you summoned it and what you're requesting and what you're willing to do in exchange and be thorough and succinct. This is when you would present the contract. But if you're doing an oral contract, you got to be... Get on your knees. Then you have to, you have to immediately tell them, no, Andy, no, there's no playing around. You got to be like, this is why I brought you here. This is what I want. This is what I'm willing to do. Immediately. I know what I'm willing to do. Like fucking call me Disney, you know, Disney's Mulan. Cause let's get down to business. <laughs> Seriously. It's business. They're all business. Be thorough, be succinct. The, then immediately ask the demon if the, if they, they agree to the deal and seal it. Then you're done. No fucking, Andy, this is for you. No idle chit-chat, Andy. No talking about the demon weather in hell. What's about hell the, like this time of year? No, ta- Andy, no. No talking about the demon's kids and what they're fucking doing. And, oh, cooked any interesting demon meals. Torture any good people lately. No, 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 no. You're done. You, mm. you Immediately. This is what I want. This is what I'm willing to do. This is why I brought you here. Do we have a deal? The demon says deal or no deal. Immediately. You're very much Howie Mandel in this situation. <laughs> deal or no deal? And then the demon says yes or no. And then boom, okay, demon's done. Bye-bye. I'll open the suitcase. Step five. Following up. <laughs> you should attempt to follow up with your chosen demon when you can. Demons can be very subtle and they like to play coy. They only give clues when they're present. They might use an Ouija board. They might knock over objects in your house. They might tap on surfaces and scratch things. They might make strange noises. Demons expel a lot of energy to do these little checkups, so be kind. Thank the demon for making its presence known to you and checking in on you. Um, if at any time your demon seems malevolent and distrustful or like they're toying with you post seance, well, you don't exactly have demon HR team to report them to, but you can let the demon know that their presence is no longer needed and that they should go away. Be straightforward with your demon and don't fall under pressure because the demons will respond to that. Be confident. Demons respond well to confidence. Right. You say, demon, we had our deal. I don't need you to check up on me. I am drowning those children. I am sacrificing those goats. Leave me alone. I'm using my dope powers. I'm having sex with hundreds of babes online every day. All the things I wish for. I have laser vision. I can fly. I'm super wealthy. And I'm having sex with lots of babes. Leave me alone. I'm sacrificing goats. Can you not see their carcasses? I don't need you checking in on me. I'm not a child. The demon's going to respond to that. Right. Um. Now, remember, you do have to hold up your end of the bargain, or else that demon is going to not be happy with your contra- contract. They're going to fucking check in on you if you're not keeping up on your end of the deal. As well, they shouldn't. This is all these demons are doing day in and day out. They're right. pros at this, so don't fuck around. Don't think you can pull a fast one, especially on your first merry-go-round. You're right. not that clever, right? Trust me.
2: You gotta learn a. You got about. You gotta learn about these demons before you try to pull one over on them.
1: You do. Now let's talk about some consequences of selling your soul. Okay. As mentioned before, payment is instantaneous. So as long as you are willing to hand over your eternal being for a lifetime of damnation. Please make sure that you got what you want uh, before making that final transaction. Cause uh, there's no backing out of it. However, should you find that you sold your soul for what you sold your soul for wasn't while it was cracked up to be say a donut. And you find yourself on trial with the devil presiding over a handpicked jury of Benedict Arnold, Lizzie Borden, Richard Nixon, John Wilkes Booth, Black Brewer the pirate, John Herbert Dillinger, and the starting lineup of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers. It can be a good idea to have a backup in the form of a prior contract in which you sold your soul to a loved one, nullifying the contract you made with the demon or devil. Right. Just an example. Those are just, that's just simple contract stuff. Everybody should know that. Skeptics. So obviously, this tongue-in-cheek topic is fun. We've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had fun. I learned a lot. But most skeptics will be quick to say, well, souls don't exist, and religion t- religious texts are historical documents with, with no discerning proof of their existence. Right? Uh, okay. But what does egghead science have to say? Do we have souls, Andy? let to say what exactly guides conscious thought and our thought of the self. It's clear, we have higher cognitive function than most other creatures on our planet. But does cognitive thought alone equate to a soul? Is the act of thinking the act of living? Do I think, therefore, I am? You've all heard this. And what of the lowly ginger? Do they have souls? No. no. South Park taught us that. Right. Scientific thought is mainly rooted in the belief that we are made up of atoms and molecules conforming and combusting together in a symphony of activity, creating life as we perceive it. And when the activity ceases, so do we. And so does any concept of self and our conscious thought. We are electrical synapses firing until we aren't. Hmm. But science doesn't have, all, have an answer for everything, right? We've seen that in past topics. Take, for example, our friend, the double slit experiment, showcasing oh. the weird world yeah. of the quantum realm. Beefers, if you don't recall or are new to the show, the double slit experiment was a measurement of particles shot from a beam of light to a sort of light-catching screen through a double slit. When the light was measured, meaning observed by the scientist, it behaved like a particle, like a bullet, and it only passed through one slit or the other screen. But when the particles were not observed and simply left to their own devices, they behaved like a wave spattering across the screen regardless of the slit and going through both at the same time. Leading us to question, do particles only function as physics dictates when being observed? Or do they only truly exist when our minds set forth the means for them to do so? One point seems certain. The nature of the universe can't be divorced from the nature of life itself. If you separate them from each other, reality ceases to exist without consciousness, space, and time are nothing, right? They are... As Kant pointed out over 200 years ago, everything we experience, including all colors, sensations, and objects we perceive are nothing but representations in our mind. Space and time are simply the mind's tools for putting it all together. If all of this is simply just atoms and molecules, then we couldn't discern the body Experience from one person onto another. So perhaps the soul is the sum of its parts, experience, time, and physical body into one. Perhaps souls cannot function on their own. Food for thought. Yeah. I think we'll get into it in the discussion. Well, bunkfuckers, there's plenty you could sell your soul for, but luckily, Andy and I are here to offer you the deal of a lifetime. oh no, baby, are we ever? For just the price of your lousy soul, we can offer you a lifetime of the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
0: Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Hey,
1: welcome back, Wugwuggers. That was our discussion of can you sell your soul? Oh, who will
0: save your
1: soul? if you won't save your own? Lots to unpack with this one, Andy. What do you think? What a topic, huh? What a topic.
2: I'll be honest. When I first heard selling your soul, I was like, there's not going to be much here. There's a lot of like, I hadn't thought about Faust and like all of the uh, historical context and religious context to the act of selling your soul. Yeah. Um, It's pretty interesting. Um, You know me. Not really like a soul guy. No, of course you're not. Soul music, sure.
1: I got that soul music. Where you choose it. You can use it. I'm gonna dance with me. I like that kind of soul music.
2: <laughs> That's Chuck Berry rock and roll music. Oh, is that what
1: it is? Yeah. I got soul, but I'm
0: not a soldier.
1: <laughs> That's the killers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the discussion on do we have souls? God, there's so much to unpack there. I don't know. I think.
2: They've tried scientifically to figure out the soul before. Mm -hmm. Simple things like weighing bodies that are that have expired. You know, you weigh them before the person dies and weigh them after to see if there's anything leaving the body. Like, but isn't a soul just like our concept of self? Yeah, I think so. I think the soul is, is as is, is, you hinted at it, it's this intangible background of
1: who we are. Time, experiences, space, perception, all of it combined, housed within a physical thing of atoms and
2: molecules. And I think you can make the a good argument for that because I don't think that anybody ever, almost ever says that the soul is immutable. In that children have the same souls as themselves as adults, like that your soul now is the same soul as when you were a child, so the soul captures your your growth as a person, so it's like it's like uh it's the it's the it's not even a manifestation, but it's like this representation of your consciousness and your own view on you your ego wow like it's this it's sort of the spiritual way to say like all of the all of the things that give you consciousness like your record of you how you perceive you and your consciousness that's your soul but you don't believe that that thing can do anything after you perish right i think that doesn't i think that your 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 your, your perception of self everything that you believe about you is all just existence in your mind. It's how the brain helps make sense of this world. Cause if you, if you stepped away from yourself, right. And you just think outside of you, right. None of it makes sense. Really. When you think about it like that, you can look at, we, we can look around and we can see like other animals and none of no other animals act like human beings. Like we're, we're as far as we know, we're completely unique and totally alone in the whole universe uh, hundreds of thousands of light years of distance. And as far as we know, there's no other creatures that have consciousness like we do and ability to rationalize. So if you step out from yourself and you start to try to make sense of it, it's sort of unsensical. It's almost impossible to make sense of it. So I think that the soul is like a way of people saying like, well, this is a thing that makes sense then is that I'm, I'm imperishable. Like I will exist on, like, I think it's hard to stomach for a lot of people that, you know, you're born, you get consciousness because of the, just the way that your brain works and then you die and that's it. And then nothing else happens. Plus, I don't think that people like to think that the short span of their life is all that they can accomplish. You know, yikes. People Uh, like
1: living. Yeah. Well, it's the only thing we understand and experience. We don't right. understand any other experience. Right. It's it's not very comforting for people to say
2: like, oh, you're, de- you're dead and that's it. And like everything that you did in life is just over and your body rots away and eventually you don't exist anymore and nothing about you will ever exist ever again. I don't think people are
1: particularly comforted by that. Yeah, that's not the... Uh that's, that's, that's not the kind of Andy Hart bedtime stories that they want to hear. I am comforted by it, though. Why? In what way? There's a lot of
2: pressure if you think about eternity. Isn't there? Uh, like, it's much uh, easier to put your life uh, in a box and say, uh, Oh, my God. I only have until I die, and I got to enjoy my life while well, I Well, I tried my best. It's like it's like you you have to think, like, I, I think I get a lot of comfort from thinking about, like, Oh, well, you know, I feel like a lot of people defer their happiness. And they say, like, well, I'm not living for this life anyway. I'm living for the next life. And it's like, no, you got you gotta live for it now. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta enjoy stuff while you can. Cause there's not gonna be, you know, eventually you'll be gone and that'll be it. You and you missed your chance if you didn't do what you wanted to do. Not that you'll have any regrets because you'll no longer have consciousness, you'll no longer be aware of yourself. I mean that you know of. Right. I mean, I could be totally wrong. You could be. I could be wrong about everything. Some ways
1: I hope you are. Yeah. Just so I, that when you get to the afterlife You have to deal with that shame and guilt and be like, well, fuck. And I'll see you I made myself look like such a jackass on my podcast and for saying that and that alone. And 40 years
2: later, when you die, you'll show (laughs) up and you'll be like, hey, asshole,
1: told you so. (laughs) You think we'll be friends together in the afterlife? Um, Or will you, you'll have made such a new posse of people. Wow. Well, I mean, I'll have a long
2: time to develop new friends. Um, But will you? No, probably not. (laughs) I probably will end up in hell. Honestly,
1: you belong there. Yeah.
2: You like it. I'm not a good enough person. The, um, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting too. When I was growing up and in church, you know, they used to talk about like, what's heaven like? And it was like, well, you, you know, because people, I think a lot of times, um, what do people, what, what appeals to people about a place like heaven is it's like, Oh, you're reunited with all your loved ones. And, Everything is, everything is great again. And like all of our souls are together and we can just live, live together and party. And you, you see everybody that you ever loved and and knew and right. Everything is like rainbows and sunshine. Well, you know, my childhood, um, pastor used to say that that's not what heaven is. Heaven is all about praising God. And so like your soul doesn't look like your body. So you won't even be able to recognize people when you get there. And, you know, you just, it's about, it's about being with God and praising God. And
1: so it's not like party time in heaven. What does that even mean? I always thought of like praising God as like singing hymns and shit. So you just like singing hymns like the rest of your fucking life.
2: Yeah. They make it seem like, you know, it's like, oh, all the souls line up and everybody like, because there's no concept of time and it's, it's really irrelevant time. Like there's no passage of day or night. mark the days it's just like time time is not a factor in eternity so the only thing that happens is like souls are just gathered and they do praise unto god all you know for all eternity weird
1: fucking like uh shitty depiction of god don't you think that it's like yeah he gave us all life and then because of that we're going to spend the rest of eternity having to fucking. Worship you owe him. him. You owe him for this thing you didn't ask for. But
2: it's sort of like, oh, but this is the most fulfilling thing you'll ever feel. Yeah, like, like you're, you've reached paradise. Like this is paradise. Like this is where you belong. This ultimate fulfill because it's like the greatest thing in the universe. Then why did he put in us- all of existence, in all of creation, in all throughout the timeless span right, of right. of of outside of the universe, everything that you could even imagine, the greatest thing that there could be. Is closeness with God. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate thing, and that feels so much better than anything else. And it's 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 beyond. You wouldn't even want for anything else with because you have that closeness with God. And then it's like hell is just separation from God. You can never reach God. You know God exists. You know how good God can be. You can never reach God. Wow. That's the torment. Wow. It's not it's not physical suffering like chains and whips and. And nipple clamps and people hooking car batteries up to your nutsack. Fuck. Which is super sexy and cool. But that's not hell. Hell is total separation from God. Right. I think of the way that I heard hell described as a child. It's not like fire and brimstone, even though, you know, it's like that's how people probably would have described my childhood preacher. It's like a brim, like an old fashioned kind of like fire and brimstone. I thought you said your bedroom, where it's like, yeah, my bedroom for sure. The floor is lava, literally. (laughs) Um, But it's because it was more like, you know, you got to be good or you're going to get punished for it. Right. Like it's about, you know, it's more about like instead of here's all the things you can do that are good. It's like here's damnation on the other side. So you better be good. Right. And so it was like hell was like not not fire. It wasn't torture. It wasn't like here's all of history's bad people you're going to meet. Ooh, you're going to have to talk to Hitler. Yeah. It was like, You'll be completely separated from God. You'll never, your soul will never feel the light of God ever again. Dude, that's like. Uh, it feels very much like, I, I think it's about. It's like super ethereal. Yeah, like reading like uh Crazy. what, like the Odyssey mm-hmm. where Odysseus goes to the, the underworld. Like that's what I felt like hell, sort of my, you know, like my childhood pastor described it as it's just like this it's almost like this cave under the earth and like it's just complete separation from everything like total total you just, loneliness you're no, yeah
1: you're just not allowed to participate You're just right alone right wow well, that's fucking depressing uh anyway um so selling your soul no i i think it's interesting it is an interesting discussion on what is a soul and what isn't a soul and what does it mean but I think the real thing that the bunk want to know is, Andy, what the fuck are you selling your
0: soul for? I know.
2: This is what I want to know, too, about you.
1: But if I was going to sell my soul, it's like, oh, man. OK, if you sell your soul, it's got to be something good. It's got to be. But you got to you got to create a not a monkey's paw situation. So I'm going to try and find right monkey paw situation with you. You're going to try. You're going to try to get me tricked here.
2: Maybe Uh, because that's I agree with you. Like you want to avoid the monkey paw. Because that's the number one pitfall is that you actually ask for something that fucks you over. Mm. So I think for me, if I was gonna This
1: yogurt has phosphates in it.
2: What is it? Sodium benzoate. Oh. That's uh, bad.
1: Can I go now?
0: <laughs> the frogart is cursed. <laughs> um Turkey's a little
2: dry. <laughs> Uh, what would I what would I ask for in a bargain with the devil to sell my soul? Like it would be nothing material. Yeah. Maybe what I would say is like, I want to sell my soul for immortality. Whoa! So oh
0: wait, how does
1: wait, wait! The devil wait, wait. ever get a hold of your soul? He gets
2: he gets my soul, but I'm immortal. My physical body lives on forever. Mm. I wanna I want a like um what was that um what was that book where the guy like Tuck Everlasting? No, uh oh it's on the tip of my brain, but I can't make it come out of my mouth. Um Dorian Gray. Oh right. Where I'm like with the paintings. Where I'm like eternal, I'm immortal and I never age. Hmm. You well. Hmm. That's a pretty good one. And also I'm a shapeshifter and I can fly and I have laser eyes. (laughs) You're going to be sacrificing a lot of goats.
1: Yeah. You're just tacking them on, dude. But I
2: think if I was to pick something, it would be like ageless immortality. Like where I don't age. Cause that would be the monkey's paw for that one is that you age normally. And so like you're a thousand years old and you're like a thousand year old person. Like, your health is horrible, you're yeah. bedridden, you can't move. Well, I was going to
1: say, you need to set the terms of when you become immortal. Right? You don't want to be uh, fucking 65, and then it's like, well, now you're immortal. Right. That would be part of the terms. So you'd like, have to set the terms of, like, well, I want to be 25 years old, as yeah. I was when I was 25, or right. as I was when I was 23. Yeah.
2: So that would be what I would ask for.
1: Because
2: mm. that gets away, that gets... Like, what's the benefit of the soul, really? It's the eternal life thing. Mm-hmm. So you get around it by saying, I'm immortal. And then you really put it to the test, right? Like, if I'm immortal and I that was granted by a demon, even when the fucking earth is destroyed, what's going to happen to me? I'm still immortal. Even if the whole universe gets destroyed, I can't be destroyed. You're just floating through space. Yeah. I can't
1: die, though. Not, I mean, there's a lot of things with not dying, though. Like, what if somebody, I mean, you added all this shit like laser eyes and flight and you're a shapeshifter, but <laughs> <laughs> what if somebody found out you were immortal and then that you can't die and so they just chained you to the bottom of the ocean? Damn, that would be so fucked up. You can't die, but you drown every fucking day of your life. You drown. Oh, like I keep, I keep drowning and then waking up you're there just and drowning. You're just forever drowning. drowning. Wow. But you can't die. Damn. And you're immortal. Damn. I stole that from that shitty comic book and Netflix movie. Wow. That's about a people good, who are immortal. That's a good monkey's paw. It is. Fuck. Spoiler for that shitty movie that I don't even remember the fucking, I think it's the last guard or something. Well, I've made a horrible mistake. The old guard? What's yours? What are you going to ask for? is a good one, dude. You see tons of shit. Time travel powers could be cool. Yeah, time travel would be cool. I mean, I could cool. go with something simple, just like money. Just like live out the rest of your life, just like super fucking wealthy. But you really got to be careful with that. I don't want to be one of but the it's also,
2: But it's also like, did you get a good deal for your soul, though? Like, oh, I, I, I was super you wealthy. Kind I get it's it all like, out of your system. Because the monkey's paw on that is like, oh, you're super wealthy, but hey, you die two weeks later. Right. And it's like, oh, well, thanks for the soul. Right. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of things there, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I want, I want $18 trillion. Like, okay, you got it. And then it's like, oh, the, uh, you know, somebody shoots you the next day and you die.
1: Yeah. Or it's like, if I spend any of it, I forfeit, I can only gain money. Like that would be another monkey's paw, right? It's like, right. I can never spend the money. I can only gain money. Right. And if I spend it, I lose my soul. All, like all, the Homer's
2: thing. All of your wealth is is tied up in uh, super complicated uh, derivative assets, <laughs> and you can't actually cash out of yeah, any of these investments right. for like hundreds of years. Right. <laughs> so you're just poor. Yeah. You but just you're wealthy. Yeah. Your balance sheet is a massive, but you have no cash. No liquid cash. Right. Mm, mm, mm. That would be that would be the monkey's paw. There. I mean, when you like to Time me, it's like. To me it's like when you Yeah, time travel would be
1: wild. Like imagine. But you have if I to be really careful. Because the devil would be like, okay, you travel back in time and kill yourself because right. you don't exist. Right. Therefore, soul is mine. Right. So you'd really have to
2: play with the logic. What if what if you combine time travel with immortality? Yeah. <laughs> like an immortal time traveler like uh I don't know, Highlander. Right. Like you, uh, you because because you could go back and like there wouldn't be anything you could do. Like even if you went back before you were born, like you're already immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you could fuck as much as you want with history and not have to worry
1: about any of the consequences. But well, then you cease to exist. You know what? You, and nobody knows who you are. And no, you're just like an like if you if if history and all of time and history and space was a like a movie reel. You're yeah. like outside of it on the separate side and you just get to watch the movie at different points and no one knows who you are. No one remembers you. You don't have any family. You don't have any friends. You can't really like right. form any lasting bond. You're like a ghost. Right. That See, that, then there's the devil coming in and he's playing all these tricks, man. You Really got to sit down and figure this shit out. It's not easy.
2: Yeah, if it was time travel, you'd really have to set the terms because I could see the monkey's paw being you can only go one way or the other. Right. Like Like you go back in time. Oh, but you can't go forward. You never said like, anything about going forward. Right. Time. And so it's like, yeah. oh, you're stuck or like you go, t- you go forward and it's like, oh, the world ended. <laughs> and it's like, you just are in oblivion, like, and you just end. We'd You'd
1: really have to set the terms of this you contract. You gotta set the terms. I mean, there's so many ways to poke holes in a lot of these different things. Which demon would you go for? Well, I'd find the one that knows about magical powers. Probably that Brunei. I mean, right. fuck it. Might as well go with the, you know a list fucking celebrity tier demon yeah
2: what would you be willing to do to get time travel
1: <laughs> i feel like time travel's worth a soul i don't know
2: yeah but what you're about you're gonna the get other bored stuff. of it eventually what would you sacrifice my soul yeah but what about drowning children would you do that <laughs> i don't
1: know if i would drown children
2: would you slaughter goats i don't know if i could even slaughter a goat chickens Where's the line for you? i thought about to kill some mosquitoes. You you think <laughs> your soul's so valuable? My soul's very valuable. Mm, I don't know about that. You don't think my soul is valuable? I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm no I'm no soul appraisal
1: expert. <laughs> you gotta call in a guy. I gotta call in my buddy. Well, listen, I can give you fifty cents. So that's the best I could do.
2: Best I can. Uh, best I can. I can give
1: you travel backwards in time. That's the best I could do. Best.
2: I, best I can do is fifty cents. But let me call it my buddy. He works over at Las Vegas Gold and Silver Soul. <laughs> Um I guess the real the real question for me for you You're you're like more religious than me. Am I? Does would you if somebody like said legitimately like I'll help you conjure a demon, no, would you
1: even think about it? No, I'm not gonna conjure demons. Not even gonna play with it. Not even gonna take that chance. Mm-hmm. I figured. Which is weird, and I get how that's hip hop hypocritical and fucking weird of me, but I don't know. Can't shake it. Sorry. It's My life, not yours. I'll play games that involve demons. Fuck it. I streamed Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. And that's like a cutesy satanic little game right there. But it's like, well, one, I'm not going to, I'm too lazy to even pretend to summon a demon. But two, and I, you know, I love monsters and demons and scary stuff. And I love interesting things like that so right but i don't i don't know i don't want to i don't believe any of it so i'm not gonna conjure a fucking demon
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm almost like well what These would things don't exist what would be involved in it like i would be like fine i don't care like well, you I'm gotta gonna, set
1: your pentagram you're not gonna salt circles so the demon can't get out you got sh- candles you've got to you gotta find some kind of necronomicon book to conjure them so you nah, know that's too much versus it. it's a lot of work it's too much work you think you're gonna do that much work no i won't do that much work. no you're not gonna do that much no. work no. If it was
2: like, I could just go like Beelzebub, Beelzebub, Beelzebub in the bathroom mat, you know, mirror when
1: everything's dark, Like then I might. I mean, hey, I guess I have Conjured Demons because I think I've played the Bloody Mary game. You've clearly played the Bloody Mary. Everyone's played it. Yeah. God, there was nothing scarier than doing Bloody Mary when you were a kid, huh? Oh my God. So fucking scary. I was
2: afraid to do it as a kid. To be I was with so
1: you. scared, but I did it.
2: I didn't do it. I wouldn't scream do it.
1: and run and then you swear to God to your friends. You'd be, I fucking saw something. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't do it when I was a kid, but then, like, I don't know, I got, like, older, maybe teenager or something, and I was just like, this is stupid. And I was like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Is it going to happen?
1: It makes no sense at all, too. Like, who's who set this up? Who's Bloody Mary? Yeah. Who created her? Yeah. Where did she come from?
2: I always think this is, like, some sort of Virgin
1: Mary thing. Like, Yeah, probably. That was a good one, man. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a great one. Great demon. Um, although I don't I don't think I'd want to deal with Beetlejuice. He just seems like a headache. Seems like a real fucking headache. So I think I'm going to go with someone different to bet. Well, listen, Andy. Um, I think we know where you're going to end <laughs> up. Bunkfuckers, let us know. What are you selling your souls for? Do you have any other kind of logical loopholes that you can poke in our soul selling scenarios. Let us know. Give us some ideas. I really want to hear what people think about this. Yeah. And if they could try and poke some interesting holes in logic into our scenarios, there's definitely some, some interesting ones. Um, but, um, Andy, let's get to some verdicts here. Do you think you could sell your soul on the bunker scale on the bunker scale?
2: Look, this is not going to be a surprise to anybody. It's case closed. Wow. There's nothing to do. It can't happen. Right. How would it even work? It's totally impractical. Nobody's ever profited from selling their soul. And you're a fool to think that you're going to outsmart the devil. And in fact, if you look at if you look at the, the Charlie Daniels song, Devil Went Down to Georgia, it's like not even clear why this kid is so good at playing the fiddle that he's better than Satan. Right. Like, it just doesn't make, you know, it's like, okay, like, what did he do that was so good with his fiddle? It's just practice. I guess. So I'm case closed. Yeah, but it's a fun topic. I mean, I have to say, like very it was fun. Fun. It's d- very fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think you can sell a soul. Uh, I don't think souls are tangible things that can be. Um, you know, like they're not a commodity. It's not the, like uh my favorite commodity uh frozen orange juice concentrate. Uh, which is, you know, very fun to deal in, and in very much you can sell and buy that in mass quantities, which you know we have both done right multiple times in our lives. I so. have several
2: pallets at my house right now. It's oh, a great commodity. Um, I like to make my own push pops by cutting off one end of the can <laughs> and sticking a stick in it, and then you just—I
1: <laughs> guess that kind of is what orange sherbet is, huh? Yeah, is probably more sugar. Yeah. Um. God, now I could really go for a Flintstones Push Pop. Good Lord in heaven, were those the mm. fucking best. So gross, because that paper would start soaking in all that melted sherbet.
0: Mm-hmm. You'd
2: be
1: chewing on it and l- slurping it up, baby. Yeah, I liked to do
2: the uh, full Flintstones experience, where I would get a Push Pop, I would grind up um, Flintstones vitamins <laughs> with Fruity Pebbles, and yeah. like dip the <laughs> yeah. Push Pop in that.
1: Holy fuck. That's both gross and amazing. <laughs> Just the fruity pebbles actually could be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, bunkfuckers, that was our oh a rainbow
2: it? sherbet push pop with oh, the fruity pebble. Fuck, me. that's what I'm selling my soul for. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. Make that happen,
1: <laughs> bunkfuckers. <laughs> that's our verdicts on selling your soul. What do you think? Let us know. Use the hashtag. Uh,
2: hashtag Flintstones push pop. Hashtag
1: Flintstones push pop let us know what you think and let us know your flavor ideas for push pops. oh my god talk to us about push pops please Sheesh. Sheesh. um email us mr at gmail.com find us on twitter and instagram at mr Bunkerpod. find us on youtube same handle find us on patreon same handle patreon.com forward slash mr for five just five bucks a month get access to the entire back catalog millions and millions of hours behind the scenes content videos of us Gaming live streams, so much stuff. Unfathomable hours of extra content. Yeah, by the time this airs, uh, one of the most recent Patreon episodes was a great episode we did looking at Dr. Bronner's, the soap guy, his fucked up life with our dear friend, Bunker correspondent, Natalie O'Hamilton. She did a great job. Awesome job. Informing us on how fucked up Dr. Bronner's life was. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to use his soap, but maybe one day I will. I I might. You might. Yeah. And, um, but that's all on patreon.com forward slash Andy, soulless, soulless husk of a man. Anything else?
2: Um, I just want to say, like, if you're out there right now and you're thinking about selling your soul and you're looking for a soul broker to connect you with local demons in your area who are looking for souls, hot local demons, hot local demons, spicy, hot single, hot single local, single demons. local demons, uh, <laughs> Just let me know. Uh, and I'm happy to be the go-between between you and the forces of evil.
1: <laughs> the Forces of Evil Inc. Andy's a great broker. I can recommend his services uh in that and that alone. Broker? I hardly even know her. Oh, jeez. Well, for not the digital investor bunker before my ersatz. <laughs> oh, Sandy Hart. I'm our stone saying that was the enchilada. Oh, he got me. I am an ersatz.
2: A poor facsimile for a human being.